Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our Moxie on. Hey, Christina. Hey. hey. I hear it's raining in California today. It, no way. Oh, my gosh. I love the rain. I love the smell. I love the season. It's about to be here. And California needs rain, like a lot of rain. Lots. Wow. We're going to have a good talk today for you on a rainy day because we're going to talk about emotions. And emotions always make me want to get a blankie and get on the couch and get all cozy. Mm. How about you? Uh, emotions, as you know, scare the bejesus out of me because I'm a type seven. So I run from my emotions. However, I'm learning to allow emotions to wash over me. Um, name them, then you tame them. And I'm, I'm working through stuff. I'm working through stuff. So you'd be, you'd be proud of me, girl. You'd be proud of me. You know, I find emotions to be something that we as women seem to struggle with more than the men. I mean, they have them. But we seem to be more ruled by them and sometimes defined by them. And we get a bad rap for that. But, you know, there's good that come from us being such emotional creatures. I think sometimes we love better and we care better. But we as women sometimes allow our emotions to get out of control, especially under times of stress. And I just can't wait to dig in today because our audience doesn't know yet. But we are bringing back... One of your absolute favorite guests. Mm -hmm. She has one of our highest ranked shows, Lisa Michelle Zega from. (laughs) She's in the house from sunny California. Yes. And Lisa always brings it. And she is, she is dedicated to working with women. And we chatted recently and she had gone in some new direction. She had been taking some, um, some, I guess, self-improvement or or growth in herself in some areas that would allow her to have a more rounded approach to working with women. Tell me if I'm right here, Lisa Michelle. Is that, is that the yeah. way to describe well, that? I, Go ahead and tell yes, us. I was telling you about emotional wellness and things to build emotional health. I was thinking today, I was meditating before our time And I've been on a quest, right, for like personal well-being, personal development for so long. And I'm like a training junkie, which I just see as such a beautiful part of who I am, especially now that it's motivated more from a solid place, right? And just recognizing I really love this. But why am I telling you all this? I started recognizing all the layering of these like modalities And I got this vision of like someone finding this beautiful piece of art and then they scratch the surface and they recognize there's a whole other beautiful piece of art under that. And then they scratch and it's, and like, that's the way that I've approached training or like even doing flooring, flooring and finding out, oh my gosh, the cement at the bottom of all this is so magical. And now I want to stain it, whatever these images are in my brain. But, um, yeah, I, 
have done a lot of work around emotional wellness, and this is a new way for me to see it, approach it, work with brain science, and help the people that work with me and the people that are connected to me to build their own, like strengthen their emotion, emotional immune system, and then build strength or fitness or wellness or health, however we would say it, from that place. Well, you know, at Midlife Moxie, we're all about brain science and, I mean, just crazy about that stuff, just junkies over here. And I think in this season in midlife, there's so much going on and we can feel a little not like ourselves, a little stressed, our hormones are acting up. We may not feel our best physically if we're experiencing a lot of bleeding due to menopause or even once you're through that part, your bladder's leaking. I mean, it can just be a lot that kind of, I'm just going to tell you, and I'll honestly, there's times I felt an edge and I think menopausal women get a bad attitude as being crazy, you know, out of control emotional creatures, but who wouldn't be, right? Who wouldn't be? But, you know, (laughs) learning how to manage that is so important. And, you know, Christine, we've talked a lot about empty nesting too. A lot of women are in a grief period. And especially when you're somebody like, like say Christina, for instance, Christina wants to (laughs) stuff her emotions. And I think they come out in the wrong direction at the wrong time. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. I am a, I'll listen a little bit and then I'm going to rip you a new one (laughs) and like all the emotions. And I'm going to tell you every emotion I've felt for the last six years. (laughs) The dam, Um, it just broke open. Yeah, (laughs) But I think we can serve ourselves better than that, Lisa, Michelle. And Christine, I think too that all of this is valid. It's fair for what we're going through. But in also being fair to ourselves as grown, smart, skilled women, we can do better as far as how we present ourselves and how we conduct ourselves. Y'all both go, am I right or wrong? Tell me. I'll say this. uh, And Lisa Michelle is our our guest, and she's probably got a lot more wisdom here than than I do. Uh, However, I think that it's in the pause. You know, if we can pause take a breath and then engage, I think that we will better serve our community, we'll better serve the people that we're engaged with, and we'll better serve ourselves so that we don't make mistakes or we don't say something that is outside of our true meaning, our true feelings, right? Because sometimes our feelings are all entwined and We're trying to get them all out. Like, you know, Gail just said, I I just let it rip. And, you know, sometimes all those feelings are all like jumbled up. And so if we can just take a second to go, okay, what's that main thing? I think that pause really helps. And I don't know, Lisa, what do you think? Lisa, Michelle, tell us, tell us, Carol, give us some wisdom. All right. Well, (laughs) I I could not have had a better setup. (laughs) So I'm just going to say thank you, thank you, thank you to both of you. Here's, okay, um, Gail, you said brain junkie right here on Midlife Moxie. So me too. And I am like blue collar brain understanding. I am lay person. I'm like girlfriend status, right? I'm not neuroscientist status. So I'm going to speak in that kind of language. That's the way you should speak to us too. (laughs) 
All right. We are almost. <laughs> we have had guests that were and like. And I say that because you've got our lips some are brain moving. scientists. <laughs> you have those experts that can come and speak to us and break it down from a scientific. That's that's not my game here. So what I want all the all of us to know is one, we've got some things programmed into our nervous system and they're not going away. And we have a survival brain and you know what? All of us are here because of that blessed survival brain. So yes, awesome, amen. And Survival brain is trying to do just that, keep us alive and going. And it's not always the most helpful for me to be responding to a comment Gail made as if I'm being chased by a Mm, tiger. Yes. Right? I'm trying to, I'm just trying to get to safety. Did you hear that, Christina? Uh (laughs) I heard it. (laughs) You're a tiger. In all seriousness, Christina, I think... Because I think we can share openly here. I think Christina perceives the threat from the wrong place sometimes. Is that fair to say? Mm, Yes, because of past hurts. So I think that there are a lot of things that really um, move us in a direction. We have to put together a story um, because our brains are trying to fill in the processes and we're, we're, we, we only have our rearview mirror. We don't have what's, what's looking forward yet because we haven't made that new neural pathway to go, hey, wait, there's a new experience and I have to see through a different filter, right? And so I need to see through my windshield, not through the rearview mirror. Um, but it's really hard to be in that place because we go back to old behavior and old patterns because of what our brains already know. Exactly. And that's why we we want to know that we've been wired and trained in a certain direction, right? And that's why when you said the pause, it's so helpful. But what I really want to offer uh, the the women and men listening here I'm, I'm imagining there's some men peeking in, don't you yes. think? Yeah. Yes, there are. There are. I truly right? believe it. And we, right. we're glad. Yeah. Because part yeah. of the mission here exactly. is if the men understand us better, the men in our lives, whether they're fathers, sons, brothers, husbands, lovers, they can help us in midlife instead of being another adversary and just something else to deal with because we don't understand all of it ourselves. How are they supposed to understand it? But back to like Christina and her threats, like uh, for me, threats are everywhere with my personality. (laughs) And and you you throw in some bleeding and some irrational hormones and, you know, I can become, you know, looking for it in every direction. And that's exhausting. It's exhausting. And that's why, so here's what I want to offer us. Our our, Our brain can act like a friend or a threat detector, right? Our brain can act nice toward us and help us access our wisdom, right? Like the way a best girlfriend or criticize and put us down. So how do we know, like, here's a gauge of emotional wellness. 
and how you can assess where you're coming from. And then I really want to give you some practical tools to build your emotional wellness and to strengthen your emotional immune system. Because some of us, especially with past trauma and unresolved grief, have a very depleted emotional immune system. So we actually, we want to know that about one another and we can be entering midlife with a depleted emotional immune system. We can be entering grief stages with a depleted emotional immune system. We're all going to go through midlife. We're all going to go through grief. So how awesome is it that we can actually strengthen our emotional system? Okay, I got two questions. Okay. How do you know if you're working with a depleted emotional immune system? Because, Mm -hmm. And I'll also share, is there not something to be said for compounded trauma and grief? Mm. Absolutely. That we as midlife women. It tends to come out in midlife, Gail. We don't give ourselves, like when I had a meltdown, a full on, just I've, I've got anxiety, I'm not functioning well. I had no idea that, well, let me back up and say this. I think we tell ourselves that things are normal and that we should just handle it. We should just handle it. This is life. Handle it. Get over it. And I did not realize until I went into therapy and she's like, um, yeah, that's a lot in a short amount of time. Cause I, I presented saying, I feel like my bucket of handle it has run out. And I was in a place where I could not even fight people anymore. I was in a complete lump in the floor kind of place of just, I didn't feel like I had anything left. So those two things, like, how do we know, how do we not, how do we avoid getting to that place in midlife when so much is coming at us? I'm going I'm to answer this two ways. On the one hand, when you are the most tempted to kick yourself to the curb, to condemn yourself, to shit on yourself and say all the ways you failed as a mama, as a wife, as a, that's emotional depletion. And that is an, and this is how you know, when my brain is unkind, this is not the essence of who I am. This is not emotional wellness. Like you ladies know that my whole mission in the world is to love well and be loved well. To help other women who want to love well, but also want love for themselves. They want to be loved well. Now think of that as an inside game too. Like we're, we need community. This whole lie that we're supposed to be able to do it all on our own B.S. Lie, lie, lie. And we're collectively buying in as a culture and we, we continue it. How do we continue it? We act from the lie. We isolate when we're not at our best. When I can't be cheery beery, then I gotta go be quiet and sad and sad, you know, on my own. And I am helping the lie to continue. All right. So we know. Emotional wellness looks kind, loving, like when we're able to empathize with ourselves, have compassion on ourselves, love ourselves, even when we have not measured up to our values, that's 
a signpost for emotional wellness. And when we do that for other people, when we're able to get curious, ask questions, explore, investigate, these, when we're open, these are signposts of emotional wellness. When we are connected to our soul's desire, when, when we're acting from a place that feels more free, not like a should, not like a you have to make the casserole for Nancy because that's <laughs> what a good woman does. When you yourself are like, are you kidding me? I just need, I need a nap and a bath and a good cry and I don't need to make an effing casserole. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. So these are signposts of how we recognize what it looks like when I'm emotionally well and when I'm the opposite of that, when I'm judging myself or hard on myself or mean to myself. When we've got mean girl syndrome from the inside, Mm. that's emotional depletion. And a lot of times, like, and... (laughs) Here's the icky thing about that spiral is here we are depleted and we need so much love. We need so much holding. We need so much caring and nourishment. And those are the times we tend to be the most hard on ourselves and like banish ourselves. And yet when Christina calls and says, girl, I am having a day and you don't even know what I said to my husband. I don't kick her to the curb. I'm like, get in here, baby girl. Let's talk. (laughs) What you need. I got you. Right? And she gets to feel seen and loved right there. And often that's so emotional wellness and the practices I want to bring to us. Build that sense of, oh, I've got my own back. I can be trusted in my own body. And when I blow it, because I do and I will, I got a nervous system that's been trained and acting in a certain way for 50 some odd years, started in my mother's womb. Mm -hmm. And that's true of all of us. No special snowflake here. And so I just need to be gentle with her, especially I've never once kicked a baby learning to walk. (laughs) <laughs> or called them names or told them never. Yeah. They well, are doing we, something we brand new and I celebrate them. Yeah. We often treat others better than we treat ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I was, I want to go back to what you were saying about, you know, going and being alone and turning in and isolating. I think for me, it comes from this message within myself that my value is what I can do or be for people. And that has been, um, what is, what is I justified? It has been solidified over the years in the way others it's have been, treated me. It's been validated. Yes. So, so yes. now yes. your brain, and confirmed. You, yeah, validated and you know, confirmed. I'm struggling with my words since COVID. Y'all know that midlife and COVID can't put a sentence together. But, and so that's the story I tell myself. So when I don't feel like I have anything to offer, when I feel broken and sad and that I can't bring anything, then 
I, yes, I do what you're saying. I hold up, I isolate. And people who know me, when I start isolating, it is not good. Come for me. And I think that's why I have such a heart to go to other women I see that are what I call in their cave, because I know what my being in the cave means. It is not healthy or good especially for my personality. I am a people person. I am fed by Mm -hmm. people. I enjoy being around people. I enjoy time by myself too. But when that becomes the everyday and I'm not talking and I'm not getting out and about, that's a dangerous place for me. And those voices can just get louder and louder and louder. And I think, am I wrong that that's common for a lot of women that we have this value, you know, our value with our kids is what we could do for them. Our value with our husbands, how well we, you know, kept the house or provided or all these things. And we've, if we're not longer able or willing or doing those things, or those people don't need the things that we were best at providing, where does that leave us? Am I wrong that a lot of people wind up in midlife in that place? You are like, that's exactly it, Gail. We wind up in that place. Plus, we've got all this grief that hasn't been witnessed. You know that I'm constantly, hey, grief is love. Why would I say that? Gail, if you call me every day and I ignore your calls, ignore your calls, ignore your calls, ignore your calls, and then I say, Gail, I love you. And you're like, no, you don't. Yeah, that is never uh-uh. going to work over here with the type A. Yeah, no, no, no. Right. And, and the, but the thing is, we do that with our grief. Our grief's calling, calling, calling. We're like, nope, 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 nope. And then we, and then we go on a mission to love ourselves and love others and to be loved well. But why am I saying that? Cause all that grief that we're carrying that needs to be seen, loved, held, nourished, that's in there. And then kids are moving off, breakdown in the marriage, job change, all this. It's more grief. And we, and one thing I want to address that you said, and I use this phrase all the time. I love it. There's goodness around it. The story I tell myself, I love it because it shows personal autonomy, sovereignty, and the ability to change. But what it also communicates is like, I just do this. No, the story you were born into that society is freaking conditioning and baking is that we only like the people that are happy and independent and have a bucket to handle it that's always full. And we, we've bought into a lie that I do mm-hmm. so I can have, so I can then be. And we've got all different versions of this story going on in our society. And that fundamentally, at its root, is a lie and it is killing us as individuals and as societies and as a world. Go ahead, Absolutely. Christina. Well, you know, I, I, I'll say this. Gail has it where she isolates if something is, you know, going on. I isolate because I feel like people see me So Gail sees how people see her differently, like she has to be something for them. For me, I feel like if my emotions are not high, like vibrant and loving and, um, you know, laughter and, and happiness, that I can't show up in the world. 
I have been conditioned, like Gail has been conditioned, I have been conditioned that if I don't show up that way, then people kind of, um, they, and this might be a story that I'm telling myself, but I feel like they scatter. They don't know what to do with it. And, it, and it's happened to the closest people to me, my, my family, my mom, my sister, you know, they're like, whoa, what, this is, who are you? Like, what's going on? This is not. No, no, I get this, Christine, because this yeah. was what was kicking around in my mind too, that we are. Well, we've been told all the suck it up, buttercup and all that. Mm -hmm. And we have basically given people two options. You're either 100% yep. working on all cylinders and everything's yep. great. And you're doing everything for yourself and everybody. Or you're in your cave. Mm -hmm. I, I believe there's a middle ground if we will let people have a middle ground of I'm grieving. I'm going through something. Hey, I'm not my absolute best, but I'm still here and I still have value and things to add. I mean, why have we not carved out that space, Lisa Michelle? Am I? It, that seems to be missing. It is missing, it, and we had this talk. I think in our in that last episode, I was I got to be on where we talked about being with one another, like in, in all of it, and and that shared space, and and that's the thing it. Being willing to ask for what we need, being willing to open up. See, there's this shame element where, where shame says they, if they see me like this, I will be rejected. Yep. I'll yes. be banished mm -hmm. from the tribe. Yes. If I'm that's easy, less love. than what that's they're it. expecting. That's, that's exactly it. And, and then also too, this is the other thing is that. I feel like I don't want to bring that to somebody either. Like, I don't want to put that on somebody else. There is only a certain amount of people in my in my circle of influence that I feel can really hold the space for all of my feels. And I will tell you, it's not my immediate family because they don't know how to, they don't know how to operate in that. Yes, Gail is one of them. And then I have a beautiful friend, um, Cheryl. Cheryl um, is amazing. Lisa, Michelle, you have been awesome. Um, our friend to the show, Heidi Dunstan, has been awesome. You know, there's just people that can really hold space. We know there's really not enough space. trust. It, yes. I don't yeah. trust people, one, to love me enough, mm -hmm. or two, mm -hmm. for all I've accomplished and all I've worked to build, it feels like I'm going to lose that Yeah, if I'm not always that. Yeah. So I'll just not go out. I'll just not, I'm not going to show you anything less than that because I don't want you to change your mind about me. Well, here's the thing. And this is, this is coming so clear to me in so many levels. But when I myself act, respond, make a decision from a lie in our culture, mm then I perpetuate the lie in our culture. And if I am going to stand for all the little girls and little boys out there who are being grown up in a world that says you're only as worthy as what you can do or who I need you to be, or you don't get to have the full range of human emotion 
and you need to hide and pretend when things are hard. If I'm going to stand for their worth and their value, then I get to stand for the truth. Now, I also get to do that in wisdom, that I don't go out there and ask everyone to hold all this. I mean, this is a (laughs) big-ass package. Yes. Yes. And we've all seen people who do that. Yes. Yeah. And and you know what? Those people, um, this is a, I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush here, but they've actually not been with their pain. They have not been with the fullness of their pain. They've not allowed themselves to be witnessed. All they're really doing is trying to circumvent the pain. Look, I am going to give you all the shit on me so that uh, I'm I'm trying to short circuit the shame that I feel in my body. I'm speaking as a person who's been the oversharer. And then we've got the people that are like, hey, carry the depth of my pain. Well, they're simply not able to actually be with the depth of it. That's why they don't recognize how much they're throwing around in the mm, world. That is so true. You know what? I, I will say this. I have some some issues that I've been dealing with over the last few months. And, and it's weird because as I'm moving through each and every issue, there's this bottom line of, and this is going to get very vulnerable for people out there. So it's a this very clear, clear woven thread. I'm my worthiness, my worthiness. Where is that worthiness come from? Do I have it? Am I worthy of love? Am I worthy of um able to extend love? Am I worthy of compassion? Am I worthy of, you know, having the things in my life? This worthiness and I truly thought, and I think that this is the lie, right, that we keep talking about with the uh, the emotions, is that I truly thought that I was healed from that thought process. And as you move through life and as more is revealed and as you uncover more and as you continue to dive deep, you recognize that that unworthiness is deep, like deep and you have to keep um taking like a pickaxe i feel like to it so you can just break it down and continue to break it down and continue to trust that you are worthy that you can show up and i really lisa michelle i will tell you i really hope that i am a person in this world that can show up for others and hold space for other people so that they can trust that I am with them and that they don't have to be or do or act like anything. They can just come as they are. And I can be accepting in the situation, you know? And it's really challenging when it comes to your own family, right? Like you're like, "Mm, I can do that with other people, but my family, oh Lord Jesus, please help me because I don't think I can do that right now, you know? And there's a time and a season for that, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing, twofold. You are that woman. You love well and you receive love well and your capacity to love well. This is what emotional health looks like. The capacity to love well is growing. 
and your capacity to receive love well is growing. This is true of all three of us. And and part of that is the willingness. See, we think that the loss or the sadness or the pain or the disappointment, right? We grieve the gap. We grieve the gap. So the gap between what I wanted, what I needed, what I have, what I am, that's what we grieve. And by acknowledging that loss, by being honest with that loss, you know what else happens? We get to see all the goodness that's there. Like we, and, and that's, we are all on that journey of it being metabolized in us, nourishing us, strengthening us, right? And I do, in the conversation, when the conversation warrants it, I, I do want to give people, hey, here are some things you can do that have been scientifically proven to grow your brain, to change the landscape of your brain, to help you access this inner wisdom, this inner love, this inner curiosity, like the essence of your being who is in fact worthy, lovable, good. And and my framework around all of this that really helps me, I do have a framework of I am made by the divine in the image of the divine. So I have a worth by virtue of my existence. And everyone else does too. And the lie is anything that challenges that essential quality of my being. Wow. Good stuff today. Let's talk about this. How do we, Lisa, Michelle, when our hormones are on a complete fritz, kids are leaving home, we're gaining weight in the middle, we're in a pandemic, we're we're having a transition of the labels we've always had that gave us important stature identification, like room mom, soccer mom, all these things, when all those things were changing. Hot mom. And (laughs) we wonder if our husband's going to have a midlife crisis and try to send for a new model. All these things are going on at one time. How does one stay emotionally stable and healthy when you're being tossed around in currents like that, like I think about like we were at the beach and, you know, you stand out in the currents and they're so strong pulling you every which way. When you try to stand up straight and have rigidity, that's when you're going to get knocked over the fastest. <laughs> so how do we stabilize ourselves in these strong and shifting currents mm. of health, identity, you know? Hormone, all these things to be emotionally healthy in a time where everything in the world is working against us being emotionally healthy. So that is a great question and it elicits so much compassion. Just, just thinking about our conversation and where we've started and, and, what we've acknowledged up until this point, that we're born into a culture that is really telling us, hey, your worth is like 
what you do, what you have, and and that's what defines who you are, right? And then we we live in a current that says that people can't handle the bigness of who you are, so you got to tap it down. Whether it's like I was born with the most biggest booming voice, and and I thought, well, I don't get to be loved because I'm too loud everywhere I go, right? But then that's just almost like a metaphor of I'm too loud in these other ways. And and so we we You we are start not alone. Down. I can tell you that. <laughs> and then and then all this stuff gets layered and in midlife we we've we're kind of experiencing some of the fallout from it. Well, the good news is the fallout is an opening. Why? It gets our attention and it gets our brain's attention of like, okay, something new is warranted. When I think about your ocean um, analogy, and I, I started thinking, okay, what are little things I could do to prepare myself to be stable in an ocean's current, right? And I started thinking about the type of leg exercises and the type of core exercises. And there's there's things that I could do um, small steps that over time build big benefits like compound interest. The same is true of our emotional wellness. The same is true of helping to strengthen our brain to access this inner being who is essentially good, essentially wise, essentially essentially loving, you know, creative, all these things. Well, you know, when I'm thinking about the ocean analogy again. You know, sometimes we make the biggest mistakes when we fight. Sometimes we need to sit in it. We need Mm -hmm. to feel that current. We need to feel the shifting sand. We need to be aware of what's going on and sit, sit in it for a minute and make wise decisions. And I think during midlife, this is the other point. I want to make is that you you talked about compassion. We as a so- society have not been compassionate towards women no. in midlife and all they're going through. We have not. And I think if men had to go through what we went through, it would be a different model, you know, because we're expected to still go to work, to still be even killed, to still put on the family dinner, to still do everything in a time when our body and mind are both just kind of short-circuiting. Um, it's temporary, and we're going to be talking on Midlife Moxie about coming out of that even better. But what I'm saying is we have no empathy for women figuring that out. We've had no, we've not given them space. We've not given them time. We've not given them compassion. We've not given them support. We've made it a joke. You know, there's a meme, there's a joke, and I'm a big joker. I have no problem with the jokes, but they need to be backed by some type of support. And, you know, when a woman acts out of her emotions, if we're truly being a good friend to her, I know sometimes like I'll say to Christina, hmm, hmm. <laughs> Sweet cakes. I'm not sure that was the way to go there, there, but let's let's figure out how we can fix this. I mean, instead of turning on her and just calling her the B word, and why can't we be empathetic to what our sisters are going through and be the one that steps in and says, hey, I know her heart, and that's not who she is. I mean, we need to defend each other instead of throwing each other under the freaking bus all the time. And... I notice I have to be 
a little less sensitive to some of my sisters and understand what's really going on with them. If I want to keep my friendships pure and whole, I have to step back and say, that's not about me. She is feeling this and that. And we can just love them so much better and we can protect relationships. Well, and then hope that people will be there for us and say, hey, do not with her. She's really going through it. I'm going to step in and protect. Well, I think I, I would just love to see that. I think too, Gail, is that we live in a society and Lisa, Michelle, you can you can tell me if I'm right or wrong here or if there is a right or wrong. But I think that we live in a society today, you know, do be more, want, have, whatever. But then it's um, almost a, an offense. We take offense to everything, you know, and instead of pulling back a little bit, like you were saying, Gail, and saying, you know, where does her heart lie? Really getting to know somebody, we have lost that. And that, I believe, is a part of the emotional health and wealth of bringing forth a new society to show people like, hey, dude, we don't have to act out. Yes, we do act out because sometimes our emotions take take over. So, okay, like, let's, let's face that. But that is not from the character or the person. It is, it is because of a situation or a circumstance. And so those things can, uh, I see, can be very um, not clear to people if they are not willing to go deeper in relationships with, with other people. Gail, you have been a, a great friend. Uh, Lisa, Michelle, you too. But great friend to where they go, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Like, you know her character. What is going on at a deeper level? And taking a step back. But the people that are quick to judge, I don't think that that's really about us. I believe it's truly about what they suffer from. They suffer from lack of self-worth. They suffer from, I'm not enough. They suffer from, um, it's better for me They're to often point- suffering from the same thing you are. Right. I'm going to point it's the finger at mess. you. Yeah, because it's easier to tell you that you're wrong than for me to accept and go deep with myself so I get healed and I get a better understanding of who I am so I can show up in the world better for who they are. You know what? I, does that make sense? I don't know. I'm just yeah, kind of. And I think sometimes we <laughs> we don't we've not been given the skill to say, mm-hmm. Christina, I'm not my best today. Mm-hmm. Just give me some grace. We we've not been taught to do that. We've yeah. taught to just withdraw or, but or you know put on, or said, fake it. Yep, or fake it. Put yeah, on a smile. I really want to get into how we grow emotionally. So let's take a quick break. And appreciate the people who make this show possible. And we'll be right back with more from Lisa Michelle Zega. If you walked around on pool decks and in the sand all summer, wearing those cute little sandals and going barefoot, then your feet may look like mine and they may need a little love and care. 
Income Sandbar Hand Care. This is a special foot file that will get rid of those calluses on those feet and leave them feeling smooth. So if you're crawling into bed at night and the heels of those feet are catching on the sheets, go order yours now. This metal file gently buffs away that dead skin. It removes just enough to really make a difference but not leave your feet sore. And it even comes with a salve to apply after you've gotten rid of that dead skin. I'm already thinking of who I'm getting this for Christmas. They sent us one to try and I fell in love immediately. And mine's even pink. How could you go wrong here? So ladies, head over to sandbarhandcare.com. That's sandbarhandcare.com. And use the code MOXIE15 and you'll get a discount on your order. And all those gifts that you pick up for the holidays. Now back to the show. Well, welcome back to Midlife Moxie. We have one of your favorites back, Lisa Michelle Zagan. We're talking about emotional health. And I kind of feel like this could go on for three or four hours. <laughs> Lisa has, she's not granted us that much time today, but there's so much to say on this. And we've, we've talked a lot in the first part. I think she's got to come I back. I really want to, <laughs> yeah, it, I think, it, do y'all see it? It's a recurring Lisa Michelle Zagan. <laughs> She grows, we grow. She grows, we grow. I love it. So how can we be emotionally healthy in midlife? Let's just cut to the chase because we've talked about what it looks like. We've talked about kind of what it is, how we got here. Let's just get to the fix in it. I'm a fixer. How are we going to be emotionally Mm, healthy, Lisa Michelle, and keep our relationships preserved and know ourselves well. All right, well, let's just let's just eradicate the lie that we're going to just arrive and be our best selves and live aligned and all, you know, and we're all going to I don't know, fart unicorns, <laughs> whatever it is. Like, let's just get yes. rid of that because I spent most of my personal development journey thinking I was going to get somewhere that I was going to outrun the human experience. So, Let's just level this and say we're not going to outrun the human experience and we're not going to um, overturn our survival mechanisms. They are going to be there. We're all grateful they're there. They are resourceful. And we can grow our capacity to give love, to receive love, to access compassion, curiosity connection to our soul and to move out into the world from that place. So there's two approaches I want to take. So I want to take the one, open that up and then, and then share the other. But the very first thing that's really helpful for you to know is what am I like when I'm emotionally well? And you all know this and it's going to look different for Lisa than Christina then Gail, then, you know what I mean? My mom, then we're all going to show up in the world differently. We are created unique, beautiful individuals. So let's get in touch with what am I like when I'm at my best? And then let's ask, hey, what are some things I can do that help me stay at my best? So you know, we do this with like physical, we do this with our health, we do this like Christina right before we hit record was talking about, 
uh, supplements she takes to stay well, right? One thing I get, I do every day, I get myself in the sunshine because I know that's part of my being well. Every day, even when I am not um, formally exercising, I move my body. And these, we are interconnected, integrated humans. So there's no, okay, I'm just going to focus on my emotions. I'm just going to focus on my physical well-being. I'm just going to, we're integrated. That's another lie of our society that's trying to piece out who we are as people. I can be with my head, you know, don't bring your problems to work. Wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) You're always bringing your shit wherever you go. (laughs) Even if you got it tapped down, you leak. I don't know if you know this. We all leak. (laughs) Yes, we do. Some of us don't realize the leak. We leak in lots of ways. (laughs) That's right. We are leaking full on leaking, aren't we? I think being aware so, of your leaking crab is part of that emotional health too. Yeah. To to be yeah, aware sure. when you've let it out at an inappropriate time and be willing to take ownership for that. And it's hard yeah. though. It's hard sometimes because you know you're going to be judged. But we well, can't you, control them. You know them. that you're going to be. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say we can't control them. All we can do is control us. And if I take responsibility for that and I make the apology and I say, hey, this is the situation, I have no control over how they receive that or how that impacts my status with them. But I know I've done the right thing. And it's hard sometimes because you know how we are in midlife. Sometimes we just come in and they drooped water on the floor and we just lose our proverbial shit over something, you know, but it wasn't about the water. It was about so many things, but we do need to stop and make the apologies and we do need to have the growth and we do need to say, I'm struggling and I'm stressed out. And we need to know when we're going to enter a, a place that's going to be a little more difficult and, and is likely to activate some stuff going on living inside me. So like, Christina, you mentioned family of origin. That is one of the number one places because they've got us stuck and we often have them stuck in a, you know, like I was with a family member and she goes, well, you know how they are. And I'm all, no, I don't. I haven't been around them in 20 years. The idea of 30, 40, the idea of knowing who they are means I got them stuck from my imagination when I'm Why eight. does family of origin want to keep <laughs> us where we are? Mm-hmm. They're still looking at four-year-old Gail when I spit carrots on the floor or whatever I did. And what is Everybody's looking for safety and belonging. We're all looking to, to figure out how do I stay part of the tribe? How do I not get rejected? That's why we have such a hard time looking at ourselves. Cause we, and, and it's so easy to look at the other. Cause I'd rather you get rejected from the tribe than yeah. me. But if I know that I'm secure, and yours, then I can treat you like we do get rejected. I mean, within the last five years, I've had two women that I love and adore have me not be part of their lives. What are their addresses? We're going to call them right now. We're going to tell we them about this. I love them. <laughs> I love them. I, I do. And I, and, and I just, And I bless them with their journey and their process. But why did I bring that up? Well, of course that hurts. Of course that's hard. Of course I'm wondering, 
it, like it, it, uh, all my fears come to the surface. And then I get to be with Lisa in love and compassion and empathy. And, and in that process, get to be with them. But I do want to give us some practical, practical brain science tools. So you tell me. Go for it, girl. If you want to say something before I go. I I do definitely want to hear these. And I want to throw in the fact that I think in midlife, we do sometimes live in with a heightened or an almost irritated nervous system because of the hormones and all the changes. Yes. That may be imagined. It may be real. I think it's real. So I'd love to get all these in light of that. We're working with a heightened, you know, sensitivity here. And so, Gail, I love that you said that because that evokes compassion. So the first thing is, hey, if if I'm going to visit someone in the hospital, right? Why? Because their their body is working extra hard to heal. Their resources are going toward healing. I know they're depleted. So I come and I'm empathetic to that. I am loving to their journey. Well, if we know in midlife, our body is going through all this to acclimate, to heal, then I come to me and to my sisters with that awareness. But to be able to access that part of us, especially in a world that is teaching us to multitask and distract in ways that our brain is not designed, you just spend 12 minutes a day devoted to your emotional health. And this can be broken up in increments of a minute at a time. And the way you get to think about this is, and this is also a way to embody the truth because we are involving our body. So all this stuff about meditation, mindfulness, these are brain health activities, but you can do mindfulness in, I'm standing right now in my bare feet. I can become aware of the sensations of my feet connected to the floor. My mind is going to want to mind chatter, no problem. And I'm just going to invite my mind to notice my feet. I'm not going to engage with what it's saying. Oh, that's hot. That's cold. That's, oh boy, that bunion really feels so... I'm just going to notice it and I'm going to come to that. The breath, an awesome tool, becoming aware of our own breathing. But I do want you to know that in trauma and grief, sometimes going inward in the body is very um, hard for people, agitating. No problem. Go outward, but you're still involving your body. I'm going to look at something with absolute attention and mindfulness and notice the shades of green, the, I'm not going to start interacting over, oh, well, that, I like that color green and, oh, look at that. No, I'm going to invite my brain, my mind chatter that's always going to be there. I'm not trying to disappear it. I'm just bringing my attention back to one thing. I do that with touch. When I'm touching something, I'm paying attention to the way that it feels on my hand, right? And I'm giving such 
mindful awareness, like my whole attention is going there. And, and I know these things almost sound too simple. The science backs it. So any of your senses, any of them, it, it touch, taste, when, when you are, are taking that first bite of something, it, it can just be the first bite. All my awareness going to how it feels in my body. All my awareness to the tongue, to the senses, to the sensations of flavor, to the smells. Releasing the thoughts you're having. And these things change your brain to help you access your empathy, your love, your curiosity, your ability to create something new, who you are. So when Christina said earlier, the pause, just, I mean, you're standing in line at the grocery store, take a minute to become aware of your feet or really look into the eyes of that checker and, 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 and bring yourself to the essence of their beauty. Just, just get in. But it's really important. Your brain is not designed to do multiple things. So, and, and so to build the strength, we want to work with the system of design so that we can access all these other beautiful things. Um, that we talked about. And, and one thing we didn't talk about, it's really important to build your posse, to create your network of support. Life is going, the, so today is the birthday of my fiance who died. He and I spent the entire weekend together. We kissed goodbye in a morning. I couldn't get in touch with him throughout the day. And by midnight that night, I knew he was dead. And why am I saying that? Because in an instant, life can change in such a way that we cannot even imagine. Have your support system at the ready. Thankfully, that was part of my mental health um, the work that I did facilitating mental health, I already had a support system by seven o'clock in the morning. There were 10 women in my living room ready to do whatever was needed. And not all of them can provide the same level of support. There are women that are not like the two of you. I can't come and just be completely raw, right? But there are women who can go get my mail or get all the stuff that I need for from work or right like that. Get that support system in place. I think people can play different roles. And one thing Absolutely. that some of my best friends on the planet have gotten real honest with me about is where they're good. Like I have one very, very close friend and she said, I am not sensitive to what you need just tell me what you need and I will do my <laughs> best to give it to you, but I will not notice your need. It's not who I am. It's not what I'm gifted with it, but she knows that about herself and she's very honest. And I remember when my husband was sick in the hospital, she was the one that I could say, what I really would like was someone to sit with me while he undergoes this procedure. And she was there. 
bright mm. and sunny in the morning. And that's what I needed in that moment. And so I think this honesty and these deep abiding relationships are so important in this season. And I have found, and I'm anxious to hear what you say about this, the people who I've walked with in other seasons may not be the same people that I walk out this season. Is that true, fair? What do you say? Well, you know it's true because it's your experience. Like, like just because I live and breathe this world, you are the expert in your life, Gail. You're the sovereign. You are the queen ruler. You are the one who, and I am not going to come into your realm and tell you how it runs. And right. And, and that's what all, all the women and my, we are each one the expert on ourselves. And there are ways we get to cooperate with our design to help the version of Lisa who is flourishing come to life. I will say this for all of you listening. There are two things. One, no one is going to crawl out from a heap of condemnation to do the right thing. Nobody. So that little lie in your head that says you need me criticizing you You need me telling you what could go wrong. You need me to be on you like this so I can help you be the best version. That is a lie. And your brain needs like a three to one ratio. The good stuff doesn't stick the first time. The bad stuff, because your brain's operating in survival, bad stuff sticks That's why it's often easier for us to remember the really hard things from our childhood and not, and and our parents are like, but I did this and we did this and we did that. And I'm like, I I got nothing for you. My kids are that way. They'll remember the one time Mm -hmm. I said something negative. I'm like, I praise you all day, every day, you rotten little turd. I mean, that they'll remember the one time you told them they smelled bad. You know, they'll remember. Because their brain's on survival. They're like, I got to look out for this. It felt really yucky. It was totally scary. And we're all like that. Our kids aren't trying to F with us. Like (laughs) They're just trying to survive. Are you sure, Lisa? That's the one that will question. Are you sure? Because my well, they feel might like they're be trying wanting to, to get us back. Sometimes. There may be some little kick in there, but the but the real thing is, this is why we want to take the time to savor our lives. Like right before we came on, I said I wrote in my journal, I want to be with women who love and support me in a community and talk about emotional wellness with other women. And then I said, I'm so happy and grateful. I am going on with Christina and Gail. And then I just sat in it. Why? My brain needs, really, it needs at least 12 seconds to hold the joy of being with you. And how quickly are we just rushing, rushing, rushing off? But I don't need anything. If if Gail or Christina said something and my feelings were hurt, I would not need any help remembering that because my brain would be on high alert. Oh, pain. We need to watch out for that. And you said that ratio was what, five to one? 
three, three to, to one. one. Three to one. But girl, if you want to give it five to one, our brain needs all the help that <laughs> I'm going to call her a she, but that she can get. Absolutely. That's so interesting because I, I see that play out, but never really thought about it. That it easily remembers the bad, but we have to re- we have to make it remember good sometimes. You know, and I that's think why part of this, I, I, yeah, I think part of this growth for us is really knowing ourselves, being sensitive to what we're going through, and being able to verbalize what we really want and need is part of our emotional health in this season. Because like my friend asked me what I needed and let's do that. Let's not assume what other people need for us. Let's ask our sisters what they need and let's tell people what we need. You know, I always my thing lately is use your words, use your words, um, say what you need instead of, <clears throat> you know, it's not emotionally healthy to have an explosion because someone didn't give you what you needed. Mm-hmm. And is it fair if you didn't ask for what you needed? We expect people, well, people to read to our minds. A lot of us don't know what we need. I cannot tell you the number of women who, like, that just sounds like a foreign question. And when you, there is compassion for that. And for the woman who doesn't know, like, there is a woman listening right now who doesn't know what she needs. And that is okay. Well, some of you us have, have been, been afraid to say we have a need that we could possibly exactly. be anything needy because someone recently called me needy and that was so offensive. And it feels like an offense that these are parts of ways that that lie gets reinforced mm-hmm. for all mm-hmm. of us. I know this person and, was and- joking and it was about something very specific, but it still just hit. I, so I think there's something about us that doesn't want to yes. be whole or complete and, or and have something that needy. we need. We, we literally are needy. We are designed for community. Mm. We're designed to be part of the pack. Mm. We're designed. We, I am not as much as I've been conditioned to tell you that I'm completely self-sufficient. Mm. That is a lie. Well, you know, one of the you know, things I think we can find out what we need to when we spend some time. Yeah. Absolutely. Having reasonable conversations with ourselves. But I know I'm guilty of saying, you just should have known. Especially like with my husband. If you knew me well enough, you would know that I... Oh, well, we've all all done that that up on some people. Is that really fair? I mean... It's not fair. I think that's actually such the... like. a huge lie because sometimes what we need is coming from a place of lack within ourselves too. And we're expecting that other person to fill that need or that void. And then it just spirals because then we get resentful because it's not really what we needed in the first place. And we were expecting them to understand on a deeper level what we can barely understand on a deeper level. I don't know where that came from, but that's just kind of, you know. Well, Christina, may I speak right into that? Yeah, go, girl. You all know, grief is Mm -hmm. love. Those areas where we want another human to know what we need, I'm going to just put it out there that that comes from a deeper longing of the people that were created to meet our needs as littles, for whatever reason, did not come into that space. There is a gap that needs to be witnessed, that needs to be loved on, that needs to be healed. And when we enter that space of being seen, that's where shame dissipates. That's where wounds begin to mend. That's where 
we begin to come back together. And that's also where we begin to understand not just what I need, but what those around Mm -hmm. me need. And so uh, being willing to go to the place of our loss is so that we can love well and be loved well. And, um, but that, that little demanding expectation in each of us, because she did deserve to be loved well. She did deserve to be nurtured. I don't know why she wasn't. I don't know. And. We're not hurting our parents. We're not, we're not um, demeaning or dishonoring mom and dad. We are honoring ourselves. And that allows us to honor the people we're connected to. We think that I'm going to do harm to the people I love if I'm really honest about my loss, whatever that was, or my longing, my desire. Like, Like, I have a desire that my husband would work out with me. I would not allow myself to really be present to the deep longing for that because I thought somehow that would mean that I would diminish who he is or what I have. Ladies, I started being honest about every unmet desire I have in my marriage with me. And I just, I I mean, it was uncomfortable You know what happened when I saw my husband? I was so hungry for him and grateful and on (laughs) fire. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it works. (laughs) Just be honest. And and then I, I was more in love with him by allowing myself and my desires, instead of tapping down my desires to try to protect another human, I got wide open with my desires and then I got wide open with my human and we had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I can see in this good time. You know, I think there's, I think that is emotional maturity when you take responsibility for your emotions and we don't see what we need as someone else's lack in the way I mean that. I know with my husband, I've had to learn if I tell him, and go to him and tell him what he's not doing and how he's failing me. That is, like you say, that condescension, that that doesn't make people act. And if they do, they act out of... He shrinks. Uh, they act out of a almost a place of spite. Or, But when I let him know that this is about me and this is what I need, then in his love for me, he wants to feel the need. And he, th- he he moves forward on feeling the need and stepping towards me rather than stepping back from me because I've attacked him. So here's my last yes. question for you. When, you know, the hormones are spiraling, we're sweating, nothing will make me lose my shit faster than sweating and being <laughs> having a hot flash, you know, and you're getting a little anxiety and you just that feeling of, you know, you're trying to get things done or, you know, things are just not going right and you're hot and you, you probably, you know, maybe even leak some urine too. I mean, you know how that feeling is. Give us one or two tips for bringing ourselves under emotional control in that moment when it is so difficult and we just feel this need to lash out, launch out, act up, burst out. How if, do we bring that If you're down? not choosing to take some pauses when life is feeling copacetic, normal, 
Um, the likelihood of you doing it in the height of what you described is almost nil. So what you can do in that time is stop, become aware of your breath, you know, take the pause. But I will say, like, I have a deep desire to be able to lift my grandbabies up and put them over, my, like do all the things, swing them, all the things. I want to be able to lift them up from down there on the ground and hold them to my chest. If I wait until I am older and more feeble, I, I, that that likelihood is not there. So what do I do daily? I practice squats. Daily, I move my body. I'm doing little things every day. And the likelihood that I'm going to be able to lift my grandbabies is very high. So ladies, look, the likelihood of all the things Gail described and us being able to keep it together, that's that's an unfair demand on your brain, body, and emotions. It's important that I'm like, and, and these can be in the rhythm of your life. Like when I am going tinkle in the morning, I can pay just attention to the sound in the toilet. That's a way I'm building brain health. I can, when I'm opening a door, I can just take the pause to notice the door uh, knob in my hand. These are very, very simple things. And, and then when you, if you act in a way that you don't like, one pause is just to ask yourself what you need. Like, or what I, what my, what I would do for my best girlfriend or what I would do for someone I care about. Yeah, oh, I think, you know, oh. I've even learned the word. I, I, just give me a minute. You bet. Let me call you back. Let me step away. I'm going to need a minute. Let me. Yes. Let me step back. Just at, be free to ask for the time to pause. Absolutely. Do not feel the pressure to keep going Absolutely. when you're going in the wrong direction because there's not going to be any speed bumps that stop you. <laughs> you better put the brakes on yourself, sister, or we can really destroy a lot of people and indeed destroy ourselves because no one says, boy, I feel really good about the way I blew up and <laughs> pooped all over somebody. Nobody walks away feeling good about that. So I love what you said. You know, you're preparing, you're training for those moments and you're doing them in advance and you're learning the skills. And I love that. Lisa Michelle, I cannot wait to have you back. Our time here is over. Our editor's going to kill us if we go any longer. Um, but I hope this is helpful and I know it will be. And just just having the conversations and knowing that we're all fighting these same battles and we're in the same place, I think is just magical. Don't you, Christina? I do. And, you know, I think that it shines a light on the lies that the world kind of tells us about we have to do, be, and have a certain thing. and We just can show up with all of our, all of our scars and our wounds and we get to heal them together. Um, we don't get to crap on each other. Okay. Let me, let me just be very clear about that. But this is an opportunity for all of us to say, whoa, I can really deal with my emotional 
wellness and I can show up in the world better for not only myself, but for the future generation. And that's what Midlife Moxie is about, you know, being better for the next generation, and giving them tools. it's always about tools. doing the work. It's yeah. always about doing the work yeah, on ourselves. Absolutely. It really is. Absolutely. Well, Lisa. and if you want help creating like your own emotional wellness plan, or you kind of want to get a a sense of where you're at in terms of your access on my website. I'll give Gail and Christina all the stuff, but you can either take a quiz and kind of get a sense of where am I at on this journey. And, and also I can help you create an emotional wellness plan. And then, um, yeah, I love that. I'll put so a template for is it that Lisa Michelle Is that where we're at now? We're at legityou.com. Uh, legityou.com. L-E-G-I-T-Y-O-U.com. Legityou.com for more from Lisa Michelle Zega. And go out there and follow her on social media. She throws out gems every freaking day. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they come from. She's a tiny little thing, but she is just full of wisdom <laughs> from, you know, crown to toe. So just keep it coming, girl. We love you. We are grateful for you. And You've been such a huge supporter of Midlife Moxie from the beginning, and we thank you for that and just all you bring to this community. So can't wait to have you back. But for now, what do we say, Christina? Until next time, go and get your moxie on. Bye. Bye now.